The Bible reading is Matthew 2, 1-12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Well, thank you, Abby, and we'll hear more from Abby in a moment. But what we're going to do today, we're going to go through that, this, uh, this incredible story of these wise men who come to worship Jesus in three different short chunks, okay? So we're going to do that um, as we go through. But you can imagine the scene, can't you, these first two verses, if, uh, if you can just flick back the slide to the verses on the screen, you can imagine this scene, these strange group of exotic sort of travellers who come into Jerusalem... Uh, Jerusalem was like the, the capital city of the Jewish people. Uh, they would have been wearing these incredible rich robes, maybe kind of smelling exotic smells from far distant countries. It would have caused a bit of a stir. We're told, you can see up there, uh, we're told that they were magi. Uh, we're told that these, these visitors that come to Jerusalem after Jesus was born were magi. Uh, they were kind of another way of saying they were really wise men who studied the stars. They were kind of the intellectual elite of their day from the eastern countries. And they represented, they, they represented the best of human wisdom uh, in the world. And these magi, you can see as we read through, they saw something incredible. If you flick to the next slide... Uh, they, they saw something in the stars as they were looking up at the stars. They saw something incredible that meant they left their homeland, uh, probably the ancient um, city of Babylon. This is uh, what we probably think where they came from. They left their ho- homeland and travelled a huge distance, uh, 800 kilometres, which is a long distance for us. But for them, uh, they travelled a huge distance to come to Jerusalem to see uh, this. We'll, we'll, we'll see in a moment what they come for. Uh, but the thing about them were, was... Uh, these guys, uh, you might know these characters as we three, anyone know? Yeah, thank you. We three kings. We three kings of Orient are. I was always confused when I was growing up about that, Carol, because I thought these three kings came from a place called Orient are, and I'd never heard of this place called Orient are, but that's not what, where they, yeah, you know the Carol, we three thing, kings of Orient are bearing gifts which have a far. Anyway, but did you notice... Uh, as, did you notice in the story here as we read through, there aren't, they, they aren't actually three. We don't know how many of them there were. And they're not actually kings. There were no three kings from Orientar. But there are, there are two kings okay, in this story. Did you pick that up as we read through? There are two kings. First of all, you see, if you flick back again to the start, you see this during the time of King Herod. Now, guys, Herod was a nasty piece of work. He was ruthless and paranoid. Anyone here just a little bit insecure, like me? You know, you, well, well, don't worry, okay, because you're nothing compared to this guy. He was totally insecure, paranoid. Uh, take heart if you are as well. Well, no, this guy was, he was, he was a nasty piece of work. He was deeply anxious about losing his kingdom, about any threat to his power, and he'd just get rid of anyone in his way, right? This guy was a nasty piece of... And the thing about Herod, this first king, was he wasn't actually a real king. He was a pretend king. He was a fake king, and he knew it. As part of the reason he was so paranoid, right? He wasn't a full Jew. He wasn't a full Jew. He couldn't be the king. He wasn't from the royal family. The Roman Empire had put him in charge, 
Okay, they kind of just plonked him in there and he'd made the most of it. First king. Okay, there are no kings from Orientar, but there are two kings in this story. King Herod. And did you see the other king as we read through those verses? In the second slide, the Magi, these, these wise men, they come to find, they search for a new king. Something they'd seen in the stars told them that there was this incredible new king who had been born. And it, it kind of plugs into the big story of Israel. The Jewish people had been waiting for a king for thousands of years waiting for this one who had been promised and promised and promised, who would come and save their people, who would fix up the mess in the world. The one who would come, who would be part of Abraham's family. Uh, About a thousand years before this, there was a great promise to the great King David, if you've heard of King David, who said, one of your sons, one of your family will be this great eternal king who will fix up the world and bring blessing to everyone. Um, Another 500 years on, uh, sort of not long before this, uh, there was another promise to a guy called Micah who said that this great king who was coming would be born in Bethlehem. They would be born in Bethlehem. And so, friends, uh, then you get to... Okay, that's sort of a bit of a... uh, I know, a bit of a background, but you get to Matthew's Gospel and the incredible thing that Matthew says is, or that this account of Jesus' life says, is that Jesus ticks all the boxes for this great promised king. Jesus ticks all the boxes. He is the great king, descended from David, born in Bethlehem, God's promised Messiah who would save his people. Well, the first thing this story tells us is that Jesus is God's true, promised, eternal king. It's a great thing. Uh, and God, God himself come into his world to rule over his creation, to save it. But we're going to read the next little bit of the story now and to find something else that's really important. Thanks, Abby. You want to jump up the front and we'll read, if you have your Bibles open, uh, Matthew 2, verses 3 to 8 now. It'll be up on the screen too. Thanks, Abby. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. Well, thanks, Abby. The first thing we learned, Jesus, there were two kings in the first bit, but Jesus is the real king. He's God's promised king. Secondly, though, did you see, did you notice as you read through there, lots of people don't recognize him. They don't see him as king. Lots of people in this story don't see Jesus as the king. Uh, first of all, you might think of Herod. And he, 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 did you notice what Herod did? He, was, he did something pretty sneaky, tricky, right? He, he kind of pretended uh, to get on side with the Magi. To, to go and he said to worship this guy, this king as well. But then you read on and find out all he wanted to do was to knock him off, right? This, this pretender to the, this, this other king that he heard about. He just wanted to get rid of him, to kill him. You see, for Herod, what did that mean? If these promises are true, if there is a great king, 
Well, where does that leave Herod? Where does that leave Herod? It means he'd have to take the crown off his own head, right? And give it to this new great king. But then there's not just Herod. As you you read through or if you've got your Bibles open, there were some other guys who didn't recognize Jesus. There were these guys called the priests and the teachers of the law. Uh, These guys were the guys who knew all about the Bible. They knew all about God's great story and all his promises to come and send his great king. They knew all about it. Uh, but they, uh, and, you know, they don't try and kill Jesus like Herod did, uh, but they basically have the same response, right? They still reject Jesus as king. Now, they, just don't, they don't do it sort of as outrageously as Herod. They just do it by ignoring him, just by ignoring him. The Magi had come 800 kilometres, but did you notice as you read through, these guys wouldn't go eight, eight kilometres down the road to Bethlehem to see this new king. They just they, they heard about him. They didn't do anything. And friends, just for a moment, I just want to pause here uh, and just reflect on the way in which this story exposes a really deep issue within human, humanity's heart, our human hearts, uh, our deep desire to rule our own lives for ourselves, to be our own Kings, if you like. It's my life and I'll run it the way I want to. No one can tell me how to live. So we take Jesus' crown and put it on our own heads. Herod and the priests are both doing this. Herod in his rage, right? And friends, maybe you're here today and you've kind of raged like Herod. Not obviously in the same way. But maybe you're here and you've raged against this news of God's king, some other king who might have authority over you. Maybe you've heard this news of a newborn king and responded to it, not with Herod's rage, but with the kind of ignoring it like the priests priests and the teachers of the law, the kind of indifference of these guys. You might not rage, but maybe you just have quietly ignored. Either way, these guys in the story are both in the same boat. They both reject this new king. But of course there's one group, aren't there, and we're going to get there now, there's one group who don't reject him, who do see him for who he is. And Abby's going to read the next part of the story now. So listen up, guys. Uh, This is sort of the the big moment in the story, the point it's all heading towards. uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Thanks, Abby. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Thanks, Abby. Well, just quickly, guys, um, did you notice here as you read through uh, that the people you expect to see Jesus as the king, the people you expect, who are they? They're the, the religious leaders, the people who knew all about the Old Testament. The guys you expect to see Jesus don't, but who does recognise Jesus the most unexpected people, right? These magi, these guys from the east, we saw them at the start with, um, you know, coming in uh, maybe with their exotic robes from other countries who just wouldn't fit in at all. They're not part of God's people. You would never expect them. 
They're the most unexpected people. Uh, and uh, it's these guys, though, who come to worship. They come to worship. Maybe, friends, you don't feel like you fit the mould. Maybe you uh, feel like Christianity might be for some type of person that's not you. you know? uh, maybe you're too different, you feel. You know, you've had too much of a, a rough or strange background. You've lived a life that you feel would sort of cut you off, set you apart from God. These magi are so encouraging, aren't they? It's these guys who see Jesus, the most unexpected, the most unexpected guys who see Jesus for who he is. This king who would bring God's blessing to the nations. Friends, Jesus, wherever you're from, uh, Jesus is a king for you too. But did you see what happens when these guys get near? Uh, If you can just flick back a couple of slides. uh, When they get near, um, they are overjoyed. Do you see that? They they see this, this star... Uh, probably, we're not sure sort of what it was, maybe a comet, maybe a particular conjunction of planets. Uh, they see it and they're overjoyed. They get near the house and they bow down. Can you imagine this scene? Uh, this, it's probably not the stable at this point. Mary and Joseph have probably rented a, uh, just a humble little house. But can you imagine these rich, wise men, intellectual elites with their flowing robes, they come into this house with an exhausted mum and dad and a newborn little kid, one-year-old maybe. And can you imagine it? These guys in these huge robes, they enter, they knock on the door. Joseph and Mary get the fright of their lives. And then these guys come and we're told they bow down before this little child. Incredible. It, it is a bizarre scene, isn't it, what these, these wise men do? But friends, where I want to finish is this scene only makes sense It does make sense, and it only makes sense if you see who this baby is. If you see who this baby is. I'm not sure how much the Magi saw. I think only a glimpse, but it was enough for them to travel 800 kilometres bearing incredibly expensive gifts to bow down before this child. As you read the rest of Matthew's story, though, and you see how it fits in the big story, the picture we get of Jesus is stunning breathtaking of this king. You see, friends, what did it mean for Jesus to be the newborn king that we sing about? What sort of a king was he? He's, he, he and, and we're supposed to see this, he's in totally different from Herod. Totally different from Herod. He didn't wear an impressive golden crown. He ended up wearing a crown made out of thorns, right? As he was dying on a cross. He didn't kill off his rivals like Herod. This king died for his enemies to bring them into relationship with God. The only blood on Jesus' hands was his own. Friends, maybe in the past, maybe even today, you do find yourself raging against God or maybe just quietly ignoring him. But can you see how this incredible story that Jesus is God's true king. Can you see how it is just overwhelming good news? It means that at the centre of everything is a king who is love, who, the king who died to bring forgiveness and who rose again to bring new life to everyone who trusts in him. It means, as we're going to sing in our last song, it means the hopes 
and fears of all the years are met in this little town of Bethlehem and in the one who is in there, who is there, this newborn king. Friends, that's the message of the Magi. That's the message of Christmas. It why it makes sense for today to be a day of great joy, to come and worship this newborn king. And we're going to do that in a moment. I'm just going to say a short prayer, and then we're going to uh, get the kids involved in a little song to celebrate this newborn king. Um, so if you'd just like to pause and pray with me, and then, uh, then we've got another song to sing. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this story of the wise men. Thank you that they came from so far away and they recognised who, who Jesus was, even in some kind of uh, dim way. They still recognised him as the king uh, worthy of their worship. Please uh, help us to see Jesus for who he is. For each of us, Father, may this Christmas be a a day of great joy and celebration as we rejoice in this great king of love, the king who came into the world to die and rise again so that we might be made right and friends with you again. And we thank you for that. We celebrate today in Jesus' name. Amen.